There's the reality of the ultimate sacrifice. It's so close to home. At our house, he is the known. Sometimes you just gotta use the right thing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That VoiceOver Podcast, the show for and about the voiceover industry. I'm Stephen Cox. Mark Cashman is a Clio Award-winning radio and TV commercial producer, casting director, and copywriter, and he's also a working voice actor with 25 years in the industry. And if that isn't enough, he's also an instructor who has worked with hundreds of voice actors at every level of the game. Mark Cashman, it's great to have you on That VoiceOver Podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Now, which came first for you? Where did you start out, in production or in voiceover? I started out in production, and uh, as I was writing and producing commercials, many of my uh, clients said, uh, hey, instead of casting someone else, why don't you do it? How nice. That's actually, that's how uh, Don LaFontaine got started, too. He was behind the glass as a producer, and then his client said, hey, why don't you do it? And so I kind of transitioned into it uh, uh, sideways. Did you have to do any extra training, or was it something that kind of came naturally to you? I was lucky enough to work with some of the top voice actors in the country, in Los Angeles. So I basically learned as they did and listened and just soaked everything up. But at the same time, I was involved in a voiceover workshop that met every week, once a week, for I was in for about six years. And in that workshop also were some top, top voice actors, and I learned a ton from them as I was producing. So it was a really a combination of both things that, that finally got me into uh, doing a lot of voice work myself. Yeah, you've had kind of a unique perspective that way, and I'm interested in your take on what being on each side of the glass has done for the other side. For example, being in production, what has that taught you about your work as a voice actor? Oh, it's, it's, it's been amazing, only because I understand how a director thinks, and I also understand how an actor thinks. So many times when I go in as a voice actor, I take off my producer hat, and I go in just as an actor. But I understand what's going on on the other side of the glass because I'm also a director and a producer. So if somebody wants something specific, I'll be able to give it to them. If somebody isn't sure about what they want, I'll be able to help them figure out what they want. So I'm very, uh, I'll facilitate things on either side. I'm, when I go in as a producer, I'm really very much attuned to the actor because I'm an actor myself. So I'm very sensitive to that and I want to make sure that that experience is very easy for them and that they understand that there's not a lot of pressure and and that uh, I'm the easiest person in the world to work with and vice versa. When I go in as an actor, they understand, too, that I understand the production side of things. So it, it, it really works both ways. It helps to be able to speak the language on both sides, I find. Uh, a lot of times you'll have production people who are kind of tone deaf in terms of giving notes. <laughs> and then you'll, of course, have actors who are sort of tone deaf in receiving notes. And uh, mm-hmm. having somebody like you there to bridge the gap, I'm sure, makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference, and, and yes, understanding the, the language, understanding the expectations, and understanding the dynamic, uh, uh, again, having been doing both roles, really makes it a lot easier on, on both sides of the glass. Now, from the voiceover actor perspective, the vast majority of our time, as you know, is spent auditioning. Now, you coach people on how to approach an audition. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the first thing that you like to tell people to do and think about when they get a piece of copy? 
Well, it depends upon exactly what it is, again, if they are going to be auditioning live or if they're going to be auditioning in their home studio. There is a big difference because in one situation, you're going to be coached by somebody, and in another situation, you're going to have to coach yourself. So let's talk about the audition situation when you're, say, at your agency or at a casting house. How do you uh, begin to approach a piece of copy there? Well, it, again, it, there are two different types of things. Sometimes the the voice actor will get the script ahead of time, and sometimes they won't. They'll have to go into their they'll go into their agency and they'll pick up copy and they'll read it cold for the first time. So preparation is absolutely key. If you can get the script ahead of time, this way you can rehearse the script, mark the script, and then bring that script into your agency if it is a live audition. And if you have any other questions, you can ask your agent or whoever is, uh, is helping you through the audition right there. But the more familiar you are with the copy, the less you'll have to rely on the copy. I always tell my students that copy is a crutch. Copy is a barrier. Copy actually gets in the way of your acting. So the more familiar you are with the copy, the less you'll have to rely on it. And the more you are acting will come to the fore. Let me play devil's advocate for just a second on that because I find that there is a flip side to that wherein you can be too familiar with a piece of copy. You've gone over it five, six, seven times, and now it's starting to lose spontaneity. It's starting to become a little stale in your head. How do right. you avoid that? Well, here's the thing, and a lot of people say, oh, don't rehearse copy too much. You won't be spontaneous. And I tell them, I, I, I explain to them about movie actors. Movie actors... Many times when you see a movie actor, a good movie actor, you'll say, oh, my God, that person is so believable. That person became the, the character. Well, you know what? They didn't write that text. They didn't write that copy. Somebody else wrote it. What did they do? They took that copy and they memorized it. They internalized it. They rehearsed it over and over and over again until it became a part of them. And so when they did finally speak those lines, they were speaking. They were talking. They weren't reading. And so, so many times what seems spontaneous on screen isn't spontaneous at all. It's very, very well rehearsed. It's very finely tuned rehearsed. And the thing is, you can't do that with all copy in, 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 in advertising copy, commercial copy, if it's really long form, if it's a stream of consciousness, if there's a ton of copy. But if there's a short amount of copy, let's just say it's a 30-second spot that's got maybe 15 to 20 seconds worth of copy. Well, you know what? You could memorize that copy, and then when you go in to, to, to audition, you don't, have to have the, you don't have to have the copy in front of you at all. You can speak it. You can be it. Let's talk about some of the other uh, pieces of advice that you've given to voice actors. Uh, there is an interview that you did on Voices.com where you gave 12 tips for voiceover actors. One, one of your first tips is clarity. Um, mm -hmm. And yet, we're sort of asked to be conversational. So how do you balance those two things where you're at once trying to make sure that you're being clear, you're being understood, and yet avoid the trap of over-enunciating? Well, that's just it, and that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the, the concept of clarity uh, uh, basically means that you are going to be walking that tightrope between under- and over-articulation. In other words, you're not going to over... The moment you start over-articulating, people will say, oh, my God, this person is 
a character. They sure. don't understand what's going on. And of course, the moment we start under-articulating and just kind of getting lazy with our sentences and lazy with our words, whatever case may be, well, then we sound kind of either stupid or dumb or both. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to sound, again, we want to walk that tightrope. We want to make sure we don't do it, overdo it or underdo it. We just want to, and we want to sound conversational. So when I say clarity, I'm talking about just not over or under-articulating. Many of us who get into this field have certain things that come naturally to us. For example, certain people I know uh, are very good at legal. They can read very, very quickly. So articulation is not a problem with them, but they might have problems with, say, cold reading, or they might have problems, you know, uh, being connected with the copy. Um, All of these things have to come into play to be a successful voiceover actor. So... What do you recommend for somebody, say, who's strong in one area but weak in another? How do you work on, say, for example, if you're really weak at cold reading? How do you develop that skill? If that's, a just, that's a beautiful thing, because, and it's such an easy thing, too, because that's a matter of muscle memory. Okay, Let's just say you want to build up your muscles. Of, of, well, what do you do? You, you lift weights. You go to the gym, or you could even do it at home. But you do it on a daily basis. In other words, each day you build up your muscles more and more and more. And that's basically what practice is all about. People who play piano, why do they do scales over and over for an hour or two every single day? Because they're building up muscle memory. And that's basically what we have to do with cold reading. You, you could cold read an, an article, a magazine article, um, uh, passages from a book, a uh, newspaper, uh, the, the back of a cereal box. It doesn't really matter. As long as you're doing it consistently on a day-to-day basis, what you're doing is you're building up muscle memory, and you're building up what I call eye-brain-mouth coordination. That's really, it's a a coordinated thing, in through the eye, going through the brain, out through the mouth. The more you do, the better you are. I assume that you walk your walk, practice what you preach. Uh, how How do you sort of keep yourself in shape as a voice actor? Well... Keeping yourself in shape is really, really important because you you have to be physically and emotionally and mentally. You've got to have all these things together in order to to, to be a, a real pro and do this on a consistent basis. Um, uh, obviously, you 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 have to eat healthy. You you can't get overweight; otherwise, you're going to have problems breathing. Um, you have to be strong. You have to have stamina, particularly if you're doing long form narration. So, any kind of cardiovascular exercise is very very important, and you physically have to be strong too. Let's say you're doing video games. Video games many times can take a lot out of you. They you sure can. Yeah, strength. I call them the screaming grunts because you're constantly asking to be hit and shot. and run in place, and yeah, you do have to be in pretty good shape for those. Absolutely. I remember one of the hardest sessions I ever did in a video game was where I was killed a hundred different times. Well, I was beaten up and killed a hundred different times. And I was exhausted. I didn't walk out of that booth. I crawled out. And I was in good shape. And it's, it's, it is, it's, it's exhausting. So you have, to physically, uh, be, you have to physically be in shape. You also have to get rest. Uh, uh, people don't realize how important sleep is. And so if you, are, if you haven't gotten a good night's sleep, uh, you're, you're not going to be mentally uh, acute. Um, in terms of, of uh, uh, going in and doing a, a live audition, whether it's at a studio you've never been to or a studio you have or your agency, whatever the case may be, if you are physically going from your place to that place to audition, one of the most important things that you can do is on the way to your destination, warm up. Yeah. Practice your facial exercises, practice vocalizing in the car on the way so that when you get to where you're going, 
you are already warmed up and ready to go and hit the ground running. So warming up on the way to your destination, absolutely crucial. I do it religiously, religiously. I go through a whole series of vocal exercises and facial exercises and things like that to really warm myself up and be focused like a laser by the time I get there. Now, you work with new actors uh, a lot of the time, people who are just getting into the world of voiceover come to mm -hmm. your classes. When people are first getting started, um, is there a certain quality that you sort of can discern in people who you kind of get a feeling or they're going to make it, they've, they've got what it takes? Yes, absolutely. There, 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 are a number, there are a number of skill sets that, that really every successful voice actor um, uh, needs to, to have in their, in their quiver of, 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 of skills. One is that great eye-brain-mouth coordination, that ability to be able to get through copy effortlessly, to be able to lift that copy off the page like it's coming right off the top of their head, to be able to speak quickly, cleanly, and clearly. So that, so that, uh, and, and what I call conversational speed. In other words, the speed that we're talking right now, and that's basically what they have to do. If they sound like they're reading for a moment, they're in a lot of trouble. In fact, anybody who does is in a lot of trouble. Um, they also have to be consistent all the way through. They, their energy has to be as good at the, at the end as it is at the beginning. And, of course, if they're doing any kind of characterization, they also have to be very, very consistent with their character. They can't lose sight of the character. Um, they also have to be able to interpret copy in a way that makes sense and to be able to speak phrases, the, the typical phrases that we have and, and, and emphases, and make sense of things and basically be a storyteller and an entertainer. I mean, they're actors, and this is called – this is voice acting. And, that's, and I do make a distinction between voice acting – and voiceover. Voiceover, I kind of relegate to, let's say, legal tags, legal copy, um, uh, a fairly rigid uh, corporate copy, e-learning type stuff, uh, CD-ROM interactive stuff, instructional type of things, um, a telephone, telephony, telephone trees, things like that, mm -hmm. where you don't have much of a chance to ad-lib, as opposed to voice acting, which is on a lot of commercials. Sure. Um, animation, sure. definitely. Video games, definitely. Um, and uh, and audiobook. It's really the vast majority of what we do as, as voice people. That's right. That's right. And regardless of whether you're doing voiceover or voice acting, you are telling a story. You are always telling a story. And as you mentioned before, Stefan, you have to be connected with what it is you're talking about. And, of course, you have to be enthusiastic and sound interested in what it is you're talking about, if, because if you're not interested, who's going to be? Mark Cashman, I want to thank you so much for uh, being on that VoiceOver podcast. I'm going to uh, provide a link to everything that we've talked about here today, and anybody who wants to get more information on you and what you do can go directly to those sites. But, Mark Cashman, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Stefan. I really appreciate you inviting me, and uh, I hope your project is really, really takes off because you're, you're providing an invaluable service. Well, I hope so, too. Thanks. That VoiceOver podcast is a co-production of Half Full and Get Creative, Inc. Thanks for listening. I'm Stefan Cox.